0: You are listening to ReachMD XM 233, the channel for medical professionals. The ability to image the entire arterial wall or tree represents a significant advantage over coronary angiography. In seemingly minimal stenosis on angiography, IVIS and new technologies often reveal surprisingly extensive and diffuse atherosclerosis. Today, we'll talk about current and future uses of IVIS and other diagnostic modalities in helping to diagnose and treat coronary artery disease. Welcome to the Clinicians Roundtable. I'm Dr. Larry Caskell, your host, and with me today is Dr. Mark Carvlin, Managing Director of Intellectual Capital Development Company. His company provides professional services to assist clients in the healthcare industries to develop and market more valuable products through product and technology assessments, strategic planning, project management, design, and execution of sales and marketing programs, along with capital generation activities. Dr. Carvlin, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Dr. Caskell.
0: Dr. Carvlin, as you know, for many years, coronary artery disease was considered a plumbing problem. Can you tell us how this has changed and what's helped make this change?
1: For a number of years, the blood vessels were thought to be simple conduits, just plain old pipes. Today we understand that that is a a naive and, in in fact, wrong-headed notion about something as vibrant, um, alive, and active as a blood vessel. And thankfully it is, because if our blood vessels uh, were not so so vibrant and and so alive and and so active, we would have a a very difficult time, indeed, in maintaining the vital functions of of our organs, such as the heart. Over the the years, our understanding has evolved to look at the biology that characterizes this uh, activity, this function of of the the vessels, and that they're involved in the exchange of fluids and the exchange of gases, as, as well as just doing plain old work. But the um, simplistic notion that coronary artery disease was a consequence of a supply-demand mismatch and that there was insufficient oxygen being delivered by the erythrocytes that are flowing through that uh, inner pipe has uh, given way to a a view that we can compromise the function of the endothelium even while we preserve the cross-sectional area of the blood vessels And preserve most of the flow of the the blood to the
0: heart. So we've learned a lot about the biology, the evolution of this disease. So how are we managing it differently? What is being done out there in the real world besides just doing angiograms?
1: Well, out there in in the real world, there still is is a fair amount of of plumbing that is uh, being performed in that uh, we do need to ameliorate uh, critical stenotic lesions. That's done either with uh, angioplasty or the implantation of uh, stents. But uh, beyond that, we're looking to the systemic health of the vascular system, believing now that atherosclerosis is a systemic disease, not just a focal disease and not just a concern of a single critical stenotic lesion. So some of our systemic therapies, very effective these days, are represented by the class of drugs, the the statins. There are evolving therapies, very uh, novel, innovative therapies that will slow the progression of atherosclerosis, and some in the early stages of uh, clinical development that frankly reverse the uh, presence of atherosclerosis. So we're actually seeing drugs that promote regression.
0: Let's talk about that. I am a lipidologist, and I, when I hear the word regression, my ears light up and my head kind of gets very excited. So what agents are you talking about that are leading to regression besides high-dose statins?
1: Besides high-dose statins, there is at least one agent that has made it to Phase two clinical trials, and the effectiveness of that agent was demonstrated using intravascular ultrasound. Uh, I'll talk about that in just a second. Are
0: you talking about APO A1 Milano infusions?
1: Yes, exactly. The APO A1 Milano infusion uh, therapy was developed by a company in Ann Arbor, Michigan, for which I worked and uh, participated in the design of those uh, clinical trials. It was really remarkable. The insight came from epidemiology and and, uh, observation of a a small family in the northern part of Italy that seemed to be, quote, immune to cardiovascular disease.
0: Did you get to do some travel there just for research purposes?
1: (laughs) Only research, Uh, but the food is marvelous. As a consequence of of these insights, APOA1 variant, the APOA1 Milano, was identified, and it was subsequently formulated into what I I think is best thought of as an artificial HDL. This therapy was an infusion therapy administered once a week for five weeks, and in certain individuals, uh, really remarkable uh, regression was demonstrated.
0: I want you to hold off on the results for five seconds just to keep our our listeners interested. You are listening to Reach MD XM two thirty three, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Caskell, and I'm with Doctor Mark Carvelin, discussing the use of medical imaging to diagnose and manage cardiovascular disease. We are now going to return to find out what happened with the infusion of once a week APOA1 Milano. Mark, what happened?
1: All right. What happens is that you actually revert the process of atherosclerosis. This was uh, demonstrated using an imaging technique, a catheter-based imaging technique, intravascular ultrasound, where a transducer is threaded into the coronary arteries, and using an automatic pullback mechanism, a specific stretch of the coronary artery is evaluated, and you can visualize the entire extent of the wall of the vessel, so you can actually see and quantitate amount of plaque that is deposited within the wall of the vessel.
0: So what kind of decrease in atheroma volume did we see with this?
1: In certain individuals, as much as 30% after just a single five-week treatment.
0: Are there certain people that did not respond to it?
1: Yes. Uh, There was a a range of of responses, as would be expected, so we really can't represent that uh, the same level of of response will be experienced by all individuals. I think the total clinical exposure up until this point is probably just 100 patients. We're going to have to wait a couple of years to get the uh, fuller understanding.
0: Who's currently doing the research on it now?
1: Research is currently being conducted by Pfizer, and I believe that will be a multi-center clinical trial starting up a little bit later this year.
0: I hope they're more successful than they were with their previous HDL-raising drug this year.
1: Yes, there, there have been a, a number of disappointments in late-stage clinical trials. One thing that, that I think we should point out is that once more medical imaging was used as the tool to characterize the response to therapy, So much like in the APOA1 Milano trial, the trial of of, uh, torcetropib utilized intravascular ultrasound and characterized the plaque burden.
0: I do think Ivis is becoming the gold standard for assessing treatment response and leading to perhaps the approval of any new agent.
1: Well, it it, it certainly is in the running to become a, a gold standard. The single concern about intravascular ultrasound is, is it is an invasive technique and it does require putting the, the catheter all the way into the coronary arteries. It would be, I think, preferable if we had a technique that offered uh, comparable information but was non-invasive.
0: So that's where you jump in. What do we have that is comparable to IVUS that can assess plaque volumes without Uh, threading a a needle into people's groin up into their heart?
1: Evolving at this time is the multi-detector CT, uh, -CT, MDCT, frequently referred to as a 64-slice or 256-slice CT. This is a non-invasive technique by which you can evaluate the entire extent of the coronary artery tree. This is important uh, because intravascular ultrasound, as good as it is, is relatively limited in its coverage. So you're able to interrogate one or or possibly two of the the major coronary arteries, but that leaves a significant amount of the vascular territories uh, not visualized. Whereas using this uh, volumetric technique of uh, CT, computer tomography, uh, you can get appreciation for... The entire heart and associated vasculature. The
0: CT scans that I have ordered thus far on my patients are coming back with the usual language used is there is a soft eccentric plaque in the mid LAD, somewhere between zero and 50% stenosis. I, I, that doesn't sound accurate enough to uh, compete with IVUS as of yet.
1: No, we are still in, in a period of innovation. For, uh, CT coronary CT and, and CT angiography of the coronary arteries is still evolving but the technique is ready for use in select patient population you do get an appreciation for soft plaque as you said uh, in the major coronary arteries but uh, also even in more distally you get an appreciation for coronary calcium, calcium deposits in in the coronary arteries. And this has been uh, long understood to have prognostic value as far as the risk that an individual patient might have for a future major adverse
0: coronary event. Mark, I'd like you to comment on the significance of calcium in a coronary artery. I understand it has to do with The remodeling of plaque, or perhaps a plaque that has ruptured and healed, becomes calcified, yet I do not understand the pathophysiology of how calcium gets in there and its significance.
1: Okay, well, uh, the way that I think of uh, calcium deposits in coronary arteries is that they're really cellular guano. It's a residue that is a consequence, as you said, of multiple cycles of uh, injury and uh, repair. It's a consequence of cellular death, so apoptosis at at that site. Ultimately, what you have is just a a residue. Uh, Typically, those calcified plaques are very stable. They're unlikely to uh, break apart, and they're unlikely to open. So your body has taken a very uh, drastic step in trying to um, heal this wound in that it has evolved a nearly solid scar.
0: So the calcium, if you see calcium, you can pretty much say you have coronary artery disease, your body has tried to take care of it, you've got a small little scar there, but we know for sure that this represents coronary artery disease. Yes,
1: absolutely. And even more than that is that if there is an extensive burden of calcium in your coronary arteries, then you have a a more advanced and more severe stage of of the disease, and this is cause for uh, additional concern.
0: Excellent. Mark, thank you for educating us and teaching us the significance of what calcium means when you see it on a CT scan. I'd like to thank our guest, Dr. Mark Carvlin. I'm Dr. Larry Kaskill, and you have been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.